0: Yeah, so there was an interesting report came out by our, our, by our peers in Singapore, Sento. So I think they, they read it publicly and they show in terms of the most liquid um, venture capital ecosystem in terms of exits is actually Malaysia compared to Singapore. Really? And how, how, how do they measure that? So I think there's a lot of exits, small, small exits, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I think it's not big, big exits. I see. Yeah. The problem with that, I mean, they're meant to get information through their own ways. Um, but I think for Malaysia is, is I, I do believe that because we have a lot of exits. Uh. I give you a case in point. Facebook, fifth acquisition, M&A acquisition was a Malaysian company. No way. No one knows.
1: Before we begin the podcast, have you gotten your free ebook? It's called the Build a Six-Figure Portfolio Guidebook. Now, inside it, we share with you the tips and tricks to bring your stock investing skills to the next level. The best part, it's only 10 pages long and it's totally free. Whether you're on Spotify or YouTube, the link to download is in the description or you can go to www. F-I-R-L dot C-O slash F-R-E-E or slash free. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today's guest is going to be a bit left field, right? Um, it's probably our first guest that is going to share with us about the world of venture capital, specifically in the Malaysian context. He'll share about his experiences, the do's and don'ts and a little bit about the future. And today I have with me a very special guest, that very special guest. I have Omar, who is the principal of Artem Ventures. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having How, when was the, like, have you done a podcast like that before?
0: No, uh, so I haven't done the first. a podcast. Yeah, the first. I do uh, panel speaking, right, right. conference,
1: but I never saw a Okay, yeah. thanks for letting <laughs> us uh, break that virginity for you. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think let's start off with what your life was like before venture capital. Uh, I think most kids when they are growing up, they don't say that I I want to grow up to be a venture capitalist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, astronaut, bus driver maybe, but not <laughs> venture capitalist, right? Yeah. So, let me share a, a little bit about your life and how you got interested into money investing and eventually venture capital.
0: So, I would say my uh. First, uh, I probably started back in uh, university, back in Australia, Queensland. uh, Queensland University of Technology. So I think one of the things, uh, one of the subjects that I need to do was to develop a a paper about sustainable uh, fishing or sustainable investment or sustainable business, right, along that line. So... So I was doing the paper and then there was a question about how are you going to raise money for it, right? Mm-hmm. So then I did dive into all this other thing, banks and whatnot, and I saw venture capital. So venture capital uh, predominantly was still early in Australia back then. And there's a lot of uh, conversation and a lot of activities, mostly in Europe and the US. Um, so I did dive into it and I was like, oh, this is a good potential avenue for, for my paper, right? But I think what, what I understand it further, my perspective uh, is how it's is helping uh, business to, to start off, right? I think the intention, is, uh, the thing that I like about it how it helps business to start off, especially innovative ideas. Um, I, I, then, so my background is economics, right? So when I look into the environmental side of it, um, there's a lot of uh, opportunity in terms of helping and investing into the the more sustainable or environmental-friendly businesses, right? So I just started to look into venture capital back then. Um, moving forward, when I came back, um, so I was working with the, the Association of Islamic Banks uh, Malaysia. And during that time, um, there was um, uh, a paper, a framework that was uh, supposed to be launched by the governor um, to, to develop a platform called Investment Account Platform. Investment and what? Sorry? Account platform. Investment account platform. Yeah. Okay. So investment account platform basically is a platform owned by a few Islamic banks um, started by Benagara. I mean, the idea, the framework and whatnot and owned by Islamic banks. Basically, they will bring the deals uh, onto the platform by the banks themselves. And then people like us have the opportunity to invest in them. So I saw this as a great opportunity to to, to, to get um, people more inclusive into how investing in a sophisticated product or, or or deals that's only been seen by the banks, right? So focusing on investment bank, but it's focused on Islamic investment banks. right? Yeah. So I don't know if I I, yeah. I it's, no, it's too long. It's, yeah.
1: it's, it's, it's fine. I think uh, I w- I would love to go into the Islamic yeah. finance thing, but I think maybe we stick to VCs. Can, 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 can. So. I want to ask a little bit later on about, Mm. you know, because you were uh, ex panjana captor as well, and then Atom Ventures. But before that, Mm. how you describe to a complete newbie, right? What
0: exactly is VC? So I think historically, maybe I just look at some of my notes. Um, VC started, um, you could say it's a subset of private equity. Right. So it started after World War II in the US. Oh, really? Um, wow. Yeah. So the first one people would argue is, um, and probably agree with, is called the American Research and Development Corporation called ARDC. Ooh. Back in the days. basically they're investing a lot of technology companies who are very high risk, um, no track record, you know, those things, right? So it started way back in uh, after World War II. So from there, the rest is history, right? So from there, I think there's a lot of company that comes up, I mean, Sequoia, Clinton Perkins, you know, all these other big, Excel, you know, so all these big VCs coming up from the US, right? And then it spill over to Europe and then eventually it arrived in Southeast Asia or Asia. Um, China has a different, um, they have different historical journey, but let's focus on Southeast Asia. What is VC, right? So for Southeast Asia and for Malaysia specifically, um, it's, a, it's a VC, our, technically um, a firm um, by finance professional, investment professional who raise money from sophisticated investor or institutional investor and to invest in, um, you could say, a high risk businesses, okay. right? They, they're different than private equity because they do not uh, take the majority uh, shares they, of the company, Right. usually 10, up to 30%, or maybe a bit more depending on the deal, but usually that would be the, the usual, um, uh, usual equity position, right? So that's a key difference. Um, another key difference is, uh, other than private, um, private equity involved with management day to day businesses, uh, mostly. But for venture capital, you do not. They work really close with the CEOs or the founder of the company, advising them, helping them, and and, and scaling, uh, helping scaling the business. And that's the I, I would say the second, uh because uh, second differentiation factor. So the third division factor is, I think is, is easy to answer, is the investment size. Usually okay. Yeah, is, give us a sense of the size. Yeah. So, so early stage company, you know, you can, in Malaysia, uh, you can look into from 500k to 5 million ringgit for early stage company. That's equivalent to around, you know, 5 to 20% equity, right? Um, the valuation is really case to case, but, you would say that would be the rough figure you can see in the market right now. Um, so that's one. I think that the second bit is, uh, is the approach. Um, the approach is a bit different. Um, some of VCs have multi-stage funds, means they can invest uh, across um, uh, every business lifecycle or startup lifecycle from Seed, Series A, Series B, Series C, and Series D onwards. Some VCs has thematic. Um, they're still multi-stage fund, but they focus on fintech, focus on insure tech or focus on uh, agriculture or they focus on um, B2B business and whatnot. So it depends on, on, on the VC's preference and, 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 and um, investment thesis, I would say. So going back to, to us, Arthur Ventures, currently we have one fund called Team Ventures. Um, Sorry, uh, what Ventures? Team Ventures, T-I-M. T-I-M, okay. Yeah, so Team Ventures. So our LPs, uh, the, the biggest one is FWD, the insurance company. So we invest in early stage businesses, uh, focusing a lot on seed and focusing in finance, uh, insurance and, um, and uh, something along that, that have impact for underserved communities, right? right? So our fund is kind of like an impact fund. So every time we invest, yeah, there's some sort of impact the company is doing. So right. I, I, I do want to get back to this impact yeah. discussion. I think it's a very
1: interesting one, but just roll the time back a little bit. Yeah. You apply your trade at Panjana Capital and yeah. you know VCs and P's is not new to you before yeah. starting Artem Ventures. Yeah. It's not like it's a new thing. How will you describe your journey before starting Artem Ventures in terms of VCs and all that? Yeah.
0: So maybe I take a step where I was doing the investment platform, just a bit of color and, yes, and the context yes, yes, behind yes. my journey. So after, so helping um, Benagara with the platform and getting all the relevant banks to me, I understand the intention of it to, to make funding more inclusive, right? To make funding more inclusive to the public and whatnot, right? So moving forward, after that, I joined Equity Crowdfunding crowd. So they won the few license yeah, by SC back then, right? So I was one of the country director or the director of Malaysia. So I launched... The, the first deal uh, back in 2015. We probably raised the biggest one in South Asia back then. And, and, and I, I kind of like getting more involvement with venture capital after that. Um, the reason why I get involved because we do share deals with them. Uh, what deals, sorry? Deals, the investment oh, deals, deals for okay, okay. Right, We do right, share right. deals with them and they share it with us. And eventually, we got funded by VC. Right. Uh, so we got funded by Gobi Partners back then. So my involvement in VC was, uh, you know, spike up during that period of time. And I, after that, I joined MDAC, was doing a lot of funding ecosystem development program. And during that period, and I got an offer to join uh, Punjana Capital during the, 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 the lockdowns, so it was probably in the middle of 2022, uh, 2020, yeah, uh, year 2020, right? So Punjana Capital basically was an idea to stimulate economy uh, through, uh through investing in uh, through investment by venture funds, so basically their role is uh to invest as an LP, uh, and then the VC will invest to startups, SMEs, or whatnot, right? So during that during that period, I think the first task was setting up a company. Second, it was to 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 launch an RFP. Uh, and, and, and the third one was um, to uh, evaluate the, 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 ten, the, the tenders, basically. Right? If, if uh, and, you know, I really want
1: to move on to your, the philosophy of Atom and all that, but uh, if there's one thing that you learn from, you know, MDAC, Punjana, what would you say that would be? The big learning lesson? For I think the big lesson too.
0: for us is we, we have to build trust. Okay, um, we, you're talking about with the founders or with the LPs or, or everyone? Everyone, everyone. Okay. everyone. I mean, from the LPs, from the founders, from the VC, trust is important. Trust is the currency of business. Yeah, yeah. Right? So the thing about trust is, uh, especially VC, they're really new. There's, I'm not saying it's a deficit. It's just so new, people do not understand. That's right. That's number one. And number two, and it's not just from the, the, the LP side, even from the startup side, you know, they, they just want to understand further about VC. They don't know, you know, because there's only few in the market in that's Malaysia. Right, that's right. right, right. So you need to develop those trust because, you know, one thing, LP is giving their, their money to you to manage. Another one on the other side, startup giving their shares to you, for you to, mm. you know. Your analysts and all that as well. Exactly, right. So you're building a lot of trust. And the reason why there's requirement a lot of trust because there's a lack of data or information out there. That's not, I could say transparency. There's a lack like, of on there. Because such a small industry for now. Yes. And would you say that VC is maybe only 15 years old in Malaysia? Um, okay. So I think MathCap. if you look historically, they started back in 2004. Uh, right. 2019 years Yeah. Yeah. So they started when the first government VC, I would say. And, and I, think, I think they probably started uh, back then, but I don't think it was that popular. Um, Kazana has invested a few venture funds but not in Malaysia but aside in Malaysia I think some few in Malaysia as well but I think that when it gets really popular probably after 2013 uh, 2014 where there's a huge interest uh, in startups in general where you can see a lot of exits IPOs in other markets about startup investing and whatnot, right so from there, there was a huge interest. And then you can see a lot of government going into it. Yeah,
1: You know, you touch a bit on the evolution on the Malaysian market, right? Mm. I think when people hear the word VCs, those with some cursory knowledge of the environment, yeah, they think of sort of swashbuckling, um, you know, high risk, high reward kind of situation. Mm. And you would never associate that sort of behavior with the Malaysian capital markets, especially since 1997, right? Mm. How would you describe the Malaysian environment for VCs? What's unique, not mm. so good, and good about the Malaysian market you've experienced so far?
0: Yeah, so there was an interesting report came out by our, our, by our peers in Singapore, SENTO. Cento, um, so SENTO, Sento C-N-T-O. Okay. So I think they raise they it publicly and they show in terms of the most liquid um venture capital ecosystem in terms of exits is actually Malaysia compared to Singapore really? and how, how how do they measure that? So I think there's a lot of exits, small, small exits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's not big, big exits. I see. Yeah. Um the, the problem with that, I mean, they meant to get information through their own ways. Um, but I think for Malaysia, is, is I, I do believe that because we have a lot of exits. I give you a case in point. Facebook, fifth, fifth acquisition, M&A acquisition, was a Malaysian company. No way. No one knows. Whoa. If you Google Wikipedia right now, it's a number five. It's from Wang Samajiu. From Wang It says that, Wang Samajiu, Malaysia. Oh, what, what they doing? Yeah, you, you, can, you can Google it. Yeah, yeah, but the, yeah the, the, right. Yeah. So there's a lot of these activities that we don't know. I mean, you, you only find out after a while, you know, these things, right? Uh, to, to, uh, to talking to people and whatnot. But we do have a lot of small, small exits. Interesting. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. And number two, uh, I think I would say in terms of why Malaysia is very interesting is B2B business. And most of the business that exits has B2B business. Are not B2C. I mean it reflects this of our small market, right? Yeah. In terms of population. We only have like 30 million how yeah. B2C, there's a certain yeah. limit, right? Yeah. So so if you look, if you're deeply into center, I think I think there's more mostly into it would be a B2B business exit. So which technically still number one. Um the top in the region. Uh in terms of uh exits in terms of exits, but well. not in terms of the exit amount. Size, yeah. Yeah. You know, right now, probably Grab and Bukala part probably have the, the biggest amount. But in terms of, you know, like the, the I volume. like to think that we should claim Grab. But okay, <laughs> that's a separate discussion. That'll be a separate discussion. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I would say number one, I would say. And I think uh, I think the, the second part that we're good at I, I mentioned about B2B business. We're very good at it. Really uh, very good at it. And I think the third part that manages is very unique is because I think Generally, we are the, the, probably the biggest exporters of talent in Southeast Asia. Sadly. Yeah, sadly. Um, and, and that's a really unique proposition for venture capitalists, right? And also VCs uh, looking into Malaysia uh, as a talent hub, you know, growing mm-hmm. out and whatnot, right? So, yeah, I think that's the three things that I would say very special about Malaysia. For VC, uh, in terms of, as a VC, what well, is it special, you know, as a VC, you know, I think, you know, we live in a really great time right now. I would Really? Say. Yeah. As a Malaysian VC? As a Malaysian VC after 2022 or 2022 onwards. Number one, I think SE is supporting us. Uh, Our Security Commission is supporting us. or the government is supporting us really, really well. Uh, and the reason with that, we have a tax incentive uh, for corporates, to invest in venture funds or directly into startups, tax tax deduction tax deduction on okay. their tax, so they can they can use up to twenty million of their tax. They can claim it year three. Wow, uh, to invest directly into funds or or startups. Right, so that's one. Um, number two, I would say um, also the government is very supportive of 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 helping um, new VCs. Uh, I think. I can be a testament to it because I was at Pinjana Capital. Majority of the Pinjana Capital recipients uh, are new VCs. Our uh, first time, you know, who that actually raising... Yeah. So, the time is best for, for VCs like us and also entrepreneurs. It's, yeah, it's the actually, best I time. wanted to get right into that. Thanks yeah. for bringing that up. Uh, you know, you described a little bit about the,
1: the, the VC environment, but the, the key component in this is and the thing that makes VC relevant in the first place are the entrepreneurs, right? right. And what is your gauge on the current entrepreneurship scene in Malaysia because we, we hear all the time I mean negative news sales right like brain drain or yeah. companies doing bad economy is down ringgit this ringgit that right but what what are you seeing on the ground when it comes to uh, new founders and the entire economy
0: yeah I think let's go back to the credit crunch um, you know 20, 2018 eh, uh, 2008 sorry yes okay after 2008 there was spike in, in, in technology, startup and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a spike in, found, uh, in, in investing as well. So I'm expecting the same thing and I can see it underground, right? The entrepreneurs we have today uh, who are, has been resilient and whatnot are probably the most attractive companies right now. We have limited legacy So the reason why I say limited legacy, a lot of companies in other countries uh, who are VC-back have a lot of legacies. means prior to 2020, they were raising so much round, big round, investment valuation very high, which they they probably have difficulties raising right now. So going back to Malaysia, I can see on the ground, we have all these new and uh, all serial entrepreneurs coming out, Right. Um, I'm um, so I can see a lot of coming from Penang, Kuala, i you know, Kuala Lumpur, and of course a bit from Johor. Give us a sense of the numbers, like oh, numbers. How many um, of these deals are you seeing every day? Oh popping gosh, up on your table? Up to date we have we have viewed around two hundred, and this is in the span of less than six months. Uh, no, for okay, so for Artem Ventures, probably around twelve months, I could say two hundred in twelve. Euro, yeah, that's crazy. And then we invested uh around eight um by august we have 13 hopefully interesting so we started uh, deploying in december this year uh, last year sorry december last year and by august we probably have 13 companies very important so not always doom and gloom i assume no so i think yeah. the conversion is very low um for any any country in the world any market in terms of um you know Fair company enough. that you see and converted into investment yeah
1: so we go now i think it's a good way to talk about autumn right and why, why, what's the, the philosophy, right, of Atom? Uh, you mentioned earlier on this word, which is impact. So there's a social element, which is great, because uh,
0: ESG and all that. Hmm. But uh, yeah, maybe describe Atom. So, okay, so Atom Ventures started with uh, two guys, uh, namely Saikid and also um, Zen, right? Um, so they came from Captive Ventures at CBC before that. So, the, so they've been investing early stage in the region uh, for a while. And they can see the trends uh, mm-hmm. since 2014. So I think going back to that, because of those experience, we can see potentially what are the companies that could, could be the next big star. And for mm-hmm. myself, I mean, with my experience, Banjana, I mean, I think I've ever through. Um, I can't remember how much, but I approved 47 investment in, in two years. Um, so I can see a lot of trends in the region and whatnot. So our value proposition is looking into the founders at the end of the day. We, we work very closely with the founders. We help them with market access. We help them with um, um, uh, getting their, their startup operation to be more institutionalized uh, with the governance and whatnot. So governance is very high with us. A lot of VCs uh, probably in other markets would not... Uh, will you never, just want to make money. Yeah, just want to make money, put governance aside. But for us, we put high, high, high governance. So we, sometimes we impose a lot of things into the agreements. You need to have this and that, and this and that, especially in, in terms of, you know, uh, how do you spend your money? Who's controlling the money? Uh, how do you um, decide what to do with this money? How do you decide where to spend? You know, we will look into the, of the governance structure behind it, right? The processes, procedures and whatnot. And of course, um, we're a bit different in a way that uh, although sometimes we're not the biggest equity stake in company, but we, we treat all our portfolios almost equally. Means if we go down really deep with them, we go down with the rest. Right. That's what we're taking most of our time, right? Um, so we want to ensure that all this company at least, uh, you know, be successful in some way.
1: You know, maybe you can share with me some notable investments that you've made, either personally or through other experiences. Oh. Whether you've exited, maybe you can share with me some of these
0: experiences, so success stories. Success stories? That's a good question. I think, I would say since my art Jenny is, is relatively new, I would say at Pinjana, I saw a lot of um, valuation increase and, you know, hence our performance increase as well. So we, we invested in this company, uh, probably not named names, but an Indonesian-based company. Um, we came in at the pre money valuation of 900 million, around there, 950 million. I think less than a year, yeah. the company had a price run of $3 billion. Um, so, so we were like, wow, you know, like over yeah, the moon with that a one. That was 3X in a year. Yeah. Right. So we had a few of those situations. Um, you know, we came in quite early, like, see Series B, now there's already a D E. Similar to another company, I think uh, Malaysian Unicorn as well, I think you know, so we came in quite early. And now now they probably value around 1.3, 1.2 billion or 1 billion, yeah. You so, guys can go and guess which one is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Malaysian Unicorn, yeah. So I would say there was uh, two, two okay. interesting things, yeah, that, that happened. So you talked
1: about things like trends and all that. When you look at your, the portfolio of companies right now, what, what are the exposure, what industries or niches mm. that you, you, you
0: have right now? Uh, at the Ventures, we focus on fintech and insurtech. Mm-hmm. Um, and also companies that help uh, financial inclusion and, and whatnot, right? So, that's an impact angle. So, most of the companies are evolve around that. Uh, you can, I can say it right now. It's like a Senang. I don't know if you know. InsurTech. Senang Pay. Yeah, no. Senang, Senang. Insurtech. Okay. Uh, okay it's an insurance. Okay. Yeah. So basically, they do embedded insurance. They right. help underserved communities to get insured. Um, uh, another one I think was is, is is meaningful to to talk about is Capitani. You know, Capitani people look, hey, isn't that agri tech? It's, yeah, it's technically a agri tech because they help farmers um, to to adopt digital digital platform or to use uh, to to get them to be understanding in terms of how to be more. Um, um, a more savvy in terms of, you know, running a business. So they also will help them in terms of getting financing uh, for these small, small farmers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we like that we like type of business and of course the impact behind it. And, and, and although the, the the fintech or the insurtech is probably a small portion of their revenue, but the impact is very significant. It's something that we like. So. I see. Another company that, uh, probably worth look, uh, probably worth mentioning is probably new in the market is um insurance. insurance yeah so it's, it's a company called Protoslab uh, so we this are, is mainly for is B2B la, right yeah this is yeah. B2B and not yeah B2B but MSME so anyone from MSMEs can can adopt this to protect their you know uh, to be insured in in security, right so usually it's I think it's offered to all these big 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 massive companies but now there's an option you know there's an opportunity for MSMEs to adopt this as well yeah mm-hmm. yeah.
1: so right and you know one of the challenges apart from just identifying these trends or actually before that right is there a reason why it's mainly finance insurance related or maybe a little bit I agree is, is that a conscious decision it just so happens whatever third
0: pops up on your table is, is are these companies yeah um, so, bef- okay, let me share the context. Before we start the fund, we have to get uh, 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 get LPs into the yes. fund, right? When we get LPs into the fund, you get mandates as well. And so for us, it's like, you it probably more aligned towards that. So we got a mandate to look into this area. Mm-hmm. The rationale is the first one is probably is, because FinTech is still the most lucrative business globally in terms of exits. The, most of the multipliers of exits in the world related. are financially related. Number one. Number two, although so we say, uh, Malaysia, you know, uh, are not really known for underserved in banking, but we're, we're still underserved in terms of um, banking services like financing, uh, banking finance, sorry, and insurance and whatnot. We're not really. Yeah. So there's the two main things that why I think we went into this uh, thematic approach is because we can see the problem statements as a market and we can see the opportunities. And mainly well. the companies that you've invested in, are they mainly Malaysia-based? Or they Malaysian-based.
1: But do they have a, uh, I guess, regional footprint?
0: Eventually. So I think one of I the see. key things that we, we look into, of course, eventually they will go out of Malaysia because like I said, Malaysia is still relatively yes, yes. a small country or a small market. So eventually they have that plans. Um, but all these uh, companies that invested are uh, P series A and below means they're quite young and mostly are seed uh, mm. stage startups. Yeah.
1: So the typical investment size, is it in that 500k range that you all have been we've, talking about? We've
0: done that and we, we, uh, we have a PEA that we're looking around 3 million, 3 mm-hmm. million ringgit. Yeah. So
1: I want to then go into a bit of deal making right now, which is how do you all plan out you know, from the amount you have to invest and then, um, you know, how long do you expect to get a return? Mm. What are the internal the IRRs for the company? Mm. If, you have, if you have liberty to share, of course.
0: Yeah. I think, well, I can share with myself as a VC and so as an LP, right? Yes. So both of them need to align with this. Um, so, hopefully we have a written, hopefully more than 20% IR, right? Mm-hmm. so hence we're trying to deploy as much as possible uh, probably during the first and the second year of the fund so the fund lies probably around 10 years so first year and the second year of the fund is really important uh, for you to start deploying right? That's a, that's a, so we want to chase that number uh, more than 20% probably um, so right now a lot of companies that we look at uh, based on our own internal valuation and ROIs, we can see a potential of all of them going beyond eight X at least, right? In ten years, yeah, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, in 10 doubling years every four
1: years. Yeah, that year.
0: yeah. So we 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 ensure that look at the trends, we look at market comparables and whatnot. We yeah, we can see that the possibilities are there. Um. So yeah. So but the opportunity for us is basically is because. Is the stage that we're investing in, so that's why we can have we can we can you have the runway you have the runway for it. I mean, if you're at Series B and C, you probably don't have that much runway for it, right? Because the the you know the maturity of the fund is probably uh, probably faster, and the stage of a startup is probably you know uh, at the later stage, right? Yeah. So for us, uh, there is a lot of opportunity, there's a lot of assumptions behind it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, but then how about sizing? Right? Like. But they
0: mm. all decide, okay, I'm going to put more so, here put less here. It depends really on the startup for us. It's like how much they're fundraising. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of companies, that, you know, at this stage after 2022 are more fundamentally driven. So it means they're not as aggressive as their peers uh, prior 2020 in terms of spending money. So they're more conservatively and focused on fundamental growth. Um, so yeah, so hope, you know, with our funding, we hope you know, we can see companies has a, a runway at least twelve months. Okay, minimum twelve months, but we have be, we have a few more than that actually. So we look into that, um, and 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 the ticket size uh, ranges from five hundred to like I said, two million. million. Yeah, 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 three million. Right, right. Yeah, at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and of course, one
1: key aspect before you deal make is to actually get the deals. right one big question, and I think this is also true for mm. almost any part of the capital market is deal flow. I yeah. think a lot of people will yeah. say like, it's not just like how well you analyze yeah. and whether you have a financial backer, but also what pops up on your table, right? Yeah. So maybe you can share with us some tips on how you can increase the deal flow and also the quality of the deal flows.
0: Yeah. So majority of uh, VC deals globally, everyone knows you, is mainly for referrals. Yes. Right, technically people. People, ruffle, people that you know, people you're in your network or not. So for us, I think um, we have the, the, the opportunity and the benefit of, you know, we, we work with closely with 1237. It's an it's a accelerator that focuses on PCNC startups. So we work closely with them to get you flow number one. Of course, uh, the government, like I said, is very supporting. So they have cradle funds in Rambrahat. So cradle funds in Rambrahat basically invest in uh, or provide grants to startups. They, 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 they are with the flow as well. Um, and I think that the, the third part is, is probably most important. Like I said, referral. So how do you get referral is basically you need to widen up your network. Widen up to network where you believe there's some sort of way that they probably get the flow as well. Yeah. Like with another VC, probably like, you know, like Kazana, you know, mm-hmm. they, sometimes the deal is too small for them they would recommend you to look into it first before they can take it in the next round and something's going wrong, right? So it's all about network. So, But you need to be smart in terms of who you talk to because sometimes you have mismatched about approach and, and thesis. So all these people who you connected with, your friends with, or uh, close allies with, it's very important to get deal flow and to have that consistent deal flow. Yeah, um, You know... We, to date, I think we are doing like few deals, at least four, three deals we're doing with another VC together. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's, that's how the referral network work, right? So um, yeah, it's been an it's been, it's been interesting journey. It's yeah. just two of us, uh, two of us looking into the deal together. Yeah. So yeah, so referral, uh, very important to get a higher quality uh, conversion or more quality uh, companies, I would say. Um, uh, raffle is, uh, is key yeah. so of course then the other component
1: or the one big component of deal flows is also, of course the quality of the founders right mm. and as you mentioned earlier on VCs are particularly concerned about the founders because they are not taking a majority stake where they can drive mm. the business direction how do you go about finding and saying that this founder
0: is worth my money yeah so that's a very interesting, good question. Um, the first one, maybe to share uh, in other markets or any mature markets, a lot of founders driven from ex-management consultant and, you know, ex-banker, ex-this, as that um, w- which I think is good, is great, right? I mean, they know how to sell, they know how to manage their finances, they know how to do fundraising, you know, how to do this. We're, about Malaysia, I would say most of our founders are operators. I a mean, yes. subject, uh, subject matter expert. Get their hands dirty. Yeah. Hands dirty, which is a great thing. Which I think is is a great opportunity because, you know, a VC like me can value add through money and through our advisory. They can hire and, and you know, they can find relative people that can value add into the company and, you know, close the gap, Right. A lot of com- a lot of founders in Malaysia that, that that I see is very operational. They're not good at storytelling. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that's the 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 biggest issue. That, is that the reason why I say that when you compare pitches and you compare conversation with the with Singaporean or or not just Singapore, I mean foreigners or US and Europe, they're really good at storytelling. Yeah, really drill down into the context of their product. You know how it impacts their life. You know these things. Rather than, you know, have a conversation, oh, I'm just doing it because it makes money, you know, kind of conversation, right? So, it's something that we, we, we understand the, the pain points of uh, our market and it's something that we can value add. That's the beauty of it. So, how we value add, we help them with the- uh, To we, pitch. To pitch, uh, We train them, we get the re- relevant consultant to help them and our partners hiring. So, one of the key things that right, we help them, we, we're hiring, we vet through we help them to, 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 uh, to filter and recommend, of course. Because it's a very important part. Another thing is very important part that we do is we invest in seed. And th- this is the, the stage where it's still nimble. I mean, there's still opportunity to pivot. There's opportunity to do a lot of creative things. Rather than you're at the series C, series D, you're, you're, you're pretty much set. You just yeah. need to get in that one direction and just get it done. So the, our value uh, towards that seed is a lot. It means we can do so many things. It That's really right. depends on, on, on the startup, right? So going back to the founders, I think Malaysian founders are great. They, you know, I, I share you one example. Yes. I really love this story. This guy who I met in, uh, it was funny because I met him in Singapore. He's a Malaysian. So I was at this VC event. Uh, I was at MDEC that time. And he was walking around uh, aimlessly you know, looking at people, you know. So I was like, what's going on with this guy? So I went up to him and, and, uh, uh, and talked to him. Like, I said, hey, how are you? And all this thing. I thought he was Singaporean, what not? And he's not. He's Malaysian. I said, oh, yeah, me too, you know. So he said he runs, uh, uh, he sells cars, uh, secondhand cars on his platform. I said, oh, very interesting. Um, so we connected then and moving forward, we uh, catch up again in Malaysia. So he told me the story about his Background: How he wasn't not doing well at school. I think he didn't finish school. I don't think he even had... XP. high school. Yeah, wow. I don't think he has a XPM. Okay. So he has communica- issues communicating, you know, writing and all these things. And I think that's why he was a bit, uh, a bit, uh, a bit frustrated when he was in Singapore because nobody, no VC, wanted or want to talk to him. So he couldn't speak English properly, is it? Couldn't he speak English properly and whatnot. What was his preferred uh, language? Um. Uh, can't remember we can do this I mean, I mean yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, yes, but he can, he can. He, I mean, he understands he understand what understand, what I, mean. no, I communicate to him. A look. Yeah, alokun. Yeah. Right. So coming back to Malaysia, he told me that story and he showed me his traction, you know, and I said, like, wow, oh, you're doing so well. Yeah. So there was a competitor of him. Um uh, doing uh, second, ha- second, second se- uh, hand cast. selling. I think you know about this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I believe his traction was better that time. Whoa. And I was like, wow, very impressive. He didn't have excess cash of at least, I not remember, three million in the bank account, just wow. sitting there. You he, he didn't VC know what to do. <laughs> and I was like, wow, yes. this is a great thing. But so he had a lot of, of issue in terms of, uh, you know, his uh, he's, he's shareholder cap table, we call it. Yes. It's quite messy. La, yeah. At that time, there was a lot of investors here and there. And all. So I helped them to, to restructure it and to, to, to ensure it's clean, to look clean. And, and I helped them, you know, with mm-hmm. so many things, right? Eventually, they got acquired uh, by Caro. Uh, I think you know this company. Right? So they got acquired by Caro, a company based company. And I think this Scampo-based company, company also got invested from signed up B and b So I think, um, you know, so the thing about, about us, uh, the, what, what, what was the lesson here is the thing is if you realize like the opportunity is always there. I mean, the right people are always there. You cannot use the same approach of other VCs around the world or other countries or mature markets approach and trying yeah. to identify a great founder. Right? For me, whoever invested in that guy back then who make the exit ready, probably multi millionaire by now. Yeah one, yeah, one very interesting I heard from a lot of other
1: founders, uh, sorry, other VCs is that uh, at least the successful ones. They say that typically it's the founder who can't really present properly. Hmm. Like he doesn't have a. Hmm. Like he's a. He's very not very polished. Yeah. and you know it's maybe he's a bit nerdy. really know what he's trying to do, but he's kind of excited about his yeah. product or his service. Yeah, yeah. he listen, you know, not not too eloquent. Usually those are the guys that have a great uh product. And that's where I guess people like you come and say, okay, great product. Keep at it. Let us change the language
0: up a bit. And then suddenly it becomes more presentable for uh, you know, future yeah. future funders. Exactly. So so actually I was not invested in that company. So but I helped him. I got him Unfortunately, in the, yeah. yeah. I got him a CEO, was my was my close friend who became the CEO of that company and ran the operation mm-hmm. and whatnot. Like he was good at presenting, you know, he's very good at yeah. the, you know operations as well. So yeah, anyway, you know, going back to this, sometimes, you know, like, you know, for us, that's why we talk to almost every startup that reached out to us. Because we don't want to miss the opportunity. And we'll take time to digest, you know, because we've seen so many different businesses. Sometimes you can't really absorb all that immediately. Sometimes you have yeah. to take a step back and then reflect, oh, there could be an opportunity here. Oh, there could be synergies here, you know, yes, all this yes. yeah. so Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's, it's, it's a people business. And Venture right, capital right. is really, really, at least it's a people business. Right? And and typically those founders that you
1: want to avoid, what are the characteristics? And oh the gosh, stuff the I think that's a good question. What yeah. are red flags, right? Like you get the someone sends you an email or your deal flow comes in. Yeah, Then you're like, all right, team,
0: tell me what's right or what's wrong. And the red flags, I guess. I think the red flags for me is the motivation behind mm. it. It really, really- Why uh, are you doing up. this? Why are you doing this? Right, because if the motivation is wrong, and you know I'm doing this for the sake because someone told me to, you know, it's like okay, so you're not really investing in your business, right? You just do it because someone's or maybe I, I because I want a big exit, something. Yeah, like. a bit, I big exit is it's okay, but I mean, you know, sometimes uh, a big exit is okay, but sometimes you know it needs to reflect on the on the motivation in terms of building the team, building the product, you know, this thing. Uh, sometimes there's a misalign. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, another thing is a lot of people thought, uh, you know, like um, I mean, of course, the the typical ones probably who has a bad track record, needs to a fraud, whatever. Definitely, you know, we 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 have to do. You do we, a background check. Yeah, we whatever. do a background check. You know, so because our networks, we will ask around. What do you think of this? You know, and so the, the world is small, right? Nowadays, so we will do that. Thought check. Um, I think the one that's, uh, th- that would be the, the typical one. But, but for me, I think, like I said, the motivation behind it, I, and I really drive into, and into, or going into details on why they're doing it. Usually there's a lot of personal connection why they're doing it, right? which is something that I really like. Because investing is something personal to me as yeah, well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So if there's some sort of synergies there, then I would like, oh, this is good. Um, what are straight nos? Straight nos ah. like what are straight nos? Like when you hear oh, the when they say doing it. too many things that oh. was straight no so I want to do this and then I have this company here doing this and tomorrow I'm going to do this and I'm do this. There's like so many things you want to do. Uh, so for me, I was straight no like, Not in a way that no, I was say look, I think you should focus and come Can't back to me in a year. <laughs> <laughs> you should uh, you should focus and then come back. Um, yeah. I think I I've seen that a lot in Malaysia. I mean. Uh, there's a lot shiny of cases. shiny object syndrome yeah uh, what's it called
1: shiny, obj- object, oh, shiny syndrome. object
0: syndrome yeah. SOS yeah SOS yeah. so there's a lot of them uh, I met the view and and yeah that's a, for me that I'm outright right outright
1: so how do you actually work with your team then you know um, hmm. assessing these deals right how do you split up the work and maybe describe the, the dynamics because I think uh, we've talked a lot about the things that happen outside the company, but maybe I want to get a sense of the insights right now. How okay. do you actually, how do you, how does your team work?
0: Right. So I'll give you a scenario, right? Just say that we have uh, an inbound, um, someone De- wrote an email mm-hmm. to us at pitch at artems.vc. And it's a, it's a nice, it's a good deal, a good investment and align with us, right? Just say it aligns with So me and my team, we have, uh, we my analysts, we have a call with them. Uh, for, them, uh, for us to understand them better. And subsequently, what we do after that is we'll, we uh, will work with uh, analysts to build up a list model. of ah, queries. Not, yet, okay. not, not even model it, okay, just queries. a list of queries to fulfill certain questions that uh, uh, or certain checklists that we have. So when we send the company revert, if everything goes okay, uh, we'll start asking about the data room. The what, sorry? D- data room. So data room basically is, is, is like an online, um, uh, I would say an online, uh, online drive where they put all the relevant information about the company, about, you know, the financials. financials, their legal, their governance, anything like auditor accounts, management account, pitch deck, everything they're in there. So every startup who's seen or met in VC uh, usually have a data room prepared. So usually when they're fundraising, they always update that data room.
1: What are some of these questions that you typically would have, you know, that your analysts
0: will give you that you need to have them inside? Yeah, I think a lot of questions that really sit on, if they have their traction, maybe we ask a lot on that. Um, But mostly we're going to ask about the product and how they go into the market with it. What Mm. are strategies behind it? Mm. How the strategy behind it and who are the people driving it and right. whatnot, right? Um, and of course, I think that will be heavy on product. Um, if you've got historical traction, we'll, we'll scrutinize that as well because that they have some sort of um, uh, way that we can validate their valuation, right? right. right. Uh, if not, if there's were little traction and whatnot, we'll, we'll look at market comparables and we have our yeah. our own internal ways to calculate it, right? So yeah, so after that, that that um, data room, data yeah. room, will you know we either we have more questions and we have a call with them and meet up, or eventually we're okay. We can start with uh, going to IC. All right? we're going to IC and IC's investment committee. Investment committee, sorry. Right. So we're going to investment committee and share with our investment committee, and if they approve, we'll generate a term sheet. Right. So generate a term sheet. The, founder, the company agrees, the founder agrees with us, we move on to the next stage of doing three things. Um, the first one is financial due diligence. Um, the second one is legal due diligence. And the third one is technology due diligence. That's very important. Um, so we do all this and FDD, financial due diligence, we conduct it internally ourselves. Um, but the two other DDs, uh, legal and so tech, we also to our partners. Once we have the report of the, all this due diligence, if everything okay, um, we can look into the agreement and then signing and then of course investing Then the money. money, yeah. money wins, right? mm.
1: Which stage of this process do most companies feel in your experience? Oh, usually at the early on. Yeah, very early on. Yeah, Before, fact, what you say by the time
0: they are like legal tech ready, it's almost like... Yeah, almost like already. Yeah, 80% ready because... Yeah. Really, we negotiate down on the term sheet unless something changed, la. Yeah. Right. Um. So yeah, usually at the first, before even the you know, sometimes during the data recession or before that, la, Usually, it doesn't go Fair Yeah. 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 A lot of reasons why, but usually at that stage, and, and unlikely we reject them when we are doing the the uh, the
1: agreements. <laughs> and what's it like in the discussion with the IC? Because the IC, some of them would be the principals. Uh, I'm guessing. Uh, maybe board members. Yeah. Uh, yourself and things like that. Usually, so, how does it go?
0: So the IC predominantly, um, we have external and internal. Uh, we have to be uh, transparent, uh, in, and of course, being uh, you know, we have to ensure everything that, that that we do, and we have commentary and we have feedback from you know, partial person who we haven't seen this deal before. So the conversation with ICs revolves always revolve on educating them about the business, mm-hmm. about the market. And, and, and what the opportunities. to uh, it. So I think it's typically just conversation about that and for us to to justify and, and for them to to either approve or reject. Um, so yeah, so usually uh, it's unlikely they will reject. They, uh, I think the worst case that could happen is they probably ask more questions or maybe yeah. I need more questions about this, more this about their finances, about the people behind it, about the product, you know. And it's, it's like a it's a democratic way of doing things. Like yeah. Every, every IC has to agree. Yeah. I, think, I think working with IC because, you know, IC sometimes have an LP member there. It's really, really important to get them to understand. One. Number two is uh, for them to be, to understand proper feedback and give their commentary. Because sometimes when you look into investment, you're in a tunnel vision where you don't see anything wrong with it or you don't see any, yeah. you know, yeah, sounding bot Sounding board. A blind so, spot. Yeah, LPR. so blind spot. So our IC members or LPR who can provide us in terms of get you know seeing the blind spot and, right. and and other things that probably we didn't see. So IC is very important platform for any VCs. And when you all were starting up
1: Atom, how do you all, uh decide on A, the type of uh, ICs, IC members, and of course how many typically?
0: Three, four, five. Well, it depends. I mean, you know, I think it goes to you know four. I mean, you have to be three or five, something around yes, that line, yes. right? So, yeah. So I um, maybe I have to ask uh, the atom guys. I mean, the uh, I mean, yeah. Zen and Saki about this, but maybe I I talk about how Hopinjana, you know, because mm. I see I see on that right. Um, so I see it on four ICs. Um, in Penjana. Um and, and 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 as an IC member, you know, my role is to to evaluate the deal and also to reject or approve it, obviously. Right. Um, so in my IC in Capital, in our IC in Capital at that time, um for each fund, there is uh there is a as a GP in there, or the partners, general partner general partner from the VC, probably one or two. Uh they, some of them even bring an independent. To come in outside, you know, to to value add into the conversation and discussion and approval, and 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 yeah. So, but but from Panyani is only one seat, right? Uh, for the VC, sometimes the uh, the VC invite two or three, you know, from Fair internal enough. external. Yeah, yeah. Hmm.
1: Very interesting. It's a slightly there's they there also governance within right the company. You know, mm. just
0: expect governance of the companies you invest in, but also. Yeah, yeah. We didn't uh, as well. Uh. Yeah. We put very, very high on governance. Um, the reason why we want to ensure this, I mean, you know, I think after 2022, the, the important governance just skyrocketed. right? Mm. I think if you look at recent, a lot of sequoia back deals, a lot of right. corporate issues and uh, misimputation. Misrepresent, misrepresentation, misrepresentation, and yes. and whatnot, like You can say all right. these other things that's happening, like, I mean, so all the other LPs or yeah. LP will start imposing a lot of high governance, right? Uh, and also high governance doesn't mean more work; it's just more complication, transparency, all the things. Yeah, right. Fair so yeah, I mean, we're very open to our IC members and our LPs, of course, how we work and right. how we and and all the companies that we see, what the documents right. and things that we find very open into it,
1: yeah. I wanted to, I want to shift now from those uh, in a way above you to now those uh, under you. So that would be your team of analysts Mm. perhaps, right? Uh, What's the talent situation like for for analysts right now, for VCs? Uh, Is it abundant? Is it okay or lacking? Mm. And what makes a good
0: analyst, I guess? Um, That's a very good question. Actually, when I was a Jania, uh, we, I, you know, we created this program called Capital X. Basically, it was, a, 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 you know, a program to, to help, um, you know, potentially future analysts or whoever wants to work in a VC to become an analyst and to get them to at least a job after mm-hmm. that, right? Why I created that? Because I think, you know, why we created that? Because I think is during that period of time, a lot of all the VCs that we were, we were struggling to hire, hire people. What, was, what, was, what were the struggles? I think getting the right mindset, you know. Okay. Um, because, you know, working in a VC is like, you know, working in, in any startup, you know, really you need to be hands-on. At the same time, you have to do multiple things. You know, time management is crucial and being flexible and, and creative at the same time because you have to digest so many, so much, so much information. So, so, yeah, it's not a typical uh, nine-to-five job, I would say, you know, if we want a specific task, right? So, yeah. analysts actually, you know, eventually they become a, a principal or partner in the future. So, they literally have to do a lot of it, right? Yeah. Um, from the investment side to the operation side, uh, investments are, of, of course, you know, doing the, 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 the number crunching, uh, the, you know, valuation, the due diligence and you know, building up the investment memo. Operations, what we doing the transactions, you know, um, for the multi multi skill multi skill really multi skill. I mean, you can't have anyone with you know who just oh my job scope is this, you know, I, I only learned that in the past, so it's very difficult, you know. Uh, that's that's the thing. So a lot of talent that we can see in Asia that probably uh more near towards BCs for investment bank, bank banking, you know, but unfortunately, I think there's a mismatch of expectations. You know, comparing to working in banks, probably, um, you know, it's probably de- different in terms of uh, the the. banks mean, are
1: a lot more structured.
0: Yeah, more structured. Right. Yeah. This one's like, like I said, like a startup, it's not that yeah. structured. You have to be. And usually right, the team sizes important. are quite small, usually, right? They're not more than 10, right. maybe. Yeah. So probably one analyst looking at three, four deals at one time. That's crazy. Yeah. And um,
1: do you, in terms of, let's say, if you do well, you've got a good exit. I
0: assume like your analysts also get a piece of the pie, right yeah, they do they do get a piece yeah. of a pie, they do get part of the carry that we're getting it, so yeah they will so All I right. think that's one of the things that we you know every VC will will, yeah. will give to the analysts and the team now as part of you know that, It's a, it's a yeah. yeah retention incentive and yeah. will you say that in,
1: in, in your experience, what's the churn like for the VC analyst
0: world? is it high or generally quite um, stable? There's not many VC, but I think the thing is, it's, it's high because it's not because they're not good at their job, but once a good analyst is doing so well, they go elsewhere. They, they, they're really attractive for, for everyone else. I would say that. If you're coming up from a VC, if just say you're intern or your first job in VC, after a few years, you'll be so attractive. Right, because you can do investment banking, you can do a lot of things, you know, even 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 work with a startup, you know, so your, your, your skill kind of like covers everything, right? Almost everything. Yeah. So yeah, you'll be so lucrative after that. Um, so uh, yeah, a lot of people, you know, join Kazana, you know, this thing. So some ex Kazan comes to BC back again. So so it's quite high, uh, I would say, because it, the demand is there, yeah. high demand, uh, for these startup talents. talent. It's, it's not that many, I would say. So I think... You know, to have an uh, institution that would look into that talent would be very lucrative, I would say. And what you say is the competitive landscape
1: for VCs right now. I know there are not too many in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. You are one of them. Would you say there's only a handful you can count? I
0: think, if you look, I think for me, this is my, my opinion on this. Uh, if you look at the SC website, there's a list of venture capital management company, called VCMC. So I think there's that's quite a lot of them. But I think the most active ones are not. Uh, when I say active one, it means they still have drive out there to invest. Um, so I think after, you know, with Pinjana Capital, so you have eight there and you have MathCap CAP VCs. Um, so you probably have, what, around 20? Yeah, not too many. Uh, around 20 VCs probably are very, very active. Uh, are quite active. Um, but for our stage, seed, not many, not many of them. A lot of them are latest stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think they want the certainty, right? That's So they go later. Yeah. A lot of them probably had a fund before who want to create another one to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now. Right now. Yeah.
1: Okay. So uh, let's talk about the environment now. So I think the big thing about just the entire capital market is uh, liquidity, right? I think mm-hmm. we are in a, uh, you know, I heard the word use winter. Last week I, I interviewed uh, actually a uh, a company that was involved in real estate transactions. Mm. And they are also feeling it where mm. they're trying to get funding. Not easy. Mm. But the rates are higher. The bars to, for VCs to give the money has gotten higher for good reason. How mm. how are you dealing right now? What, what what are your thoughts on this whole liquidity? I want to say crunch, but certainly there's a bit of dryness right now.
0: Yeah. I think after the, the slowdown from Tiger Global and Bank really yeah. give us signalling, you know, to the market, how, how the outlook lake stage investing for VCs, uh, right? I think after 2022, you know, it gets really deeper because after all the company that, that, that you didn't survive because of, you mm-hmm. know, for all other reasons, uh, right? So it is, so that's why we ensure like the startup, the, the companies that we invest have like good runway for them. You know, not not last time you can invest and start to have like eight months. And say okay lah, eight month runway you can raise money after that. You know, easier. So now, now what, what is the runway you guys are um, expecting? north of twelve, twelve months. Yeah, north of twelve months. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, really. So really, that's yeah. really the solution, right? Pick the right companies that can that right winter. Yeah, because because I think we we you know at the end the the, the the next sort of financing or funding, it's not that many out there anymore. Yes. yeah. yeah. Um that's one. I think another one is I think if you look at on the that's on the VC side, even on the LP side right now, I think LP are being cautious because of the high interest rate, you know, there's more lucrative investment asset class out there. Right, right? D bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 5%. so yeah. So I think VC really works well once the we have a low interest rate environment. Uh yeah. it, it is something that they will, will try better. I we like, would say we have more money, but them. I guess you know. I
1: guess you would say that if you are a VC
0: that can do well in a high-industrial
1: environment, but you're really good Yeah, VC, you're really good VC. Right, because your hurdle rates are like a lot higher. Your hurdle rates
0: are higher. I mean, you being more picky means more deals will come to you, more potentially good deals. So, so yeah, I mean, you, you're, you're, you're lucrative, right? For, for the yeah. interview of LPs, right? you, you know, attractive, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think I would say, like, I mean, among the few. So how do you, I mean, we're coming up to us
1: and maybe the last two to three uh, questions mm. that I have, right? Um, when you look back now, and I would say, you know, it's, it's uh, still early days for you, right? In mm. the VC space, right? Even though you've been there for maybe a decade or so, mm. in the, in, in, you know, um, what would you say has been the biggest learning lessons and also biggest challenges that you think you will conti- that you are continuing to face? right now, learnings and challenges?
0: Yeah. So I think the greatest learning for me is um, empathy, being more empathetic wow. um, towards everyone. I mean, the ecosystem, you know, something like, you know, like my, my story about the, the entrepreneur in yeah. Singapore. Um, don't rely on first impressions. Yeah, Don't rely on first passions. I mean, you really need to really have your own principle how you, you know, uh, to see value in, in people. Right. Um, I think that's the the greatest learning. I mean, I've been, you know, uh, uh, keep you know reminding myself that to ensure that I, so I don't miss opportunities, or at the same time, you know, if I was the other person, I would like to be treated in that way. anyway. Yeah, right. That's right. Um, I'm sorry, what was the second question was it? Uh, challenges. Oh yeah, challenges, right? I think I think uh, the, the greatest challenge for us is, you know create more awareness about venture capital. Yes. How is yes. the impact towards the ecosystem? How's the impact towards the startup founders? How do you impact towards the capital market? How does the impact towards uh, the our LP And what are the, our stakeholders, right? I mean, there is this mixed belief about venture capital. There's a bit of stigma because they're like sharks, you know. So VC is vulture, vulture capital. Vulture, vulture capital. Which I, I totally disagree with that. Um, but you have to
1: you have to admit though that mm-hmm. I think the, the stereotype is not completely unfounded. There it. are people are there like are that. people are like right, that. Right, right. Uh,
0: I mean, there are definitely people are like that. But uh, for us, you know, I yeah. think, for, you know, we we try to be more transparent and how we yeah. do things and what we, how we approach and how we work with founders. and not. So to ensure that, you know, we, you don't be labeled in that way. Yeah, I think that was the biggest challenge um, because I think the perception is there. Um, I think the second one is to get more um, private money into the ecosystem. Ah. When I say private money, is private, uh, capital you know, from from our local private corporates, you know, private billionaires, yeah, billionaires, whatnot. Because the most bulk of venture capital funds come from government. Oh, government in Malaysia is government. But well, why wouldn't the private guys want to do it under the bigger risk takers? That, that's the thing. I think it goes back to the first one that, that I mentioned, the problem that, you know, you're trying to get them to understand, you know, more educating, awareness, because they want to see... They think it's like gambling. Yeah. So, right? They want to see return very short, you know, and they want to see... Because some, you know, like you said, like I mentioned before, fun life probably up to 10 years. You can only see the DPI or distribution probably by then, right? Yeah. Some, sometimes you can do it earlier, yeah, right? But yeah. sometimes... And most of the time, is at the end of the fun life. Yeah. So yeah, they're probably going to take that time. So that would be the greatest challenges for, for any of us right now. Is And of course, high interest environment. <laughs> yeah, it's so if, yeah, it's not fun. So we, we have to keep pushing like, to see uh, and, and to talk about you know, the value of venture capital. Yeah. I guess it's, it's great that you guys are not uh, leveraged right, in any ways.
1: Otherwise, it would be... Yeah. Very exactly. It will be very painful. Very, yeah. very painful. Yeah. Okay, maybe just the last last question, right? Um how would you, you know, at the end of this fund, assuming it lasts all the way 10 years, because I think uh you'll notice that you know, not every fund lasts for the amount that they want to last, right? 10 years. And those the many that that do may not hit the targets that they want to mm-hmm. hit. So for yourself, you know, Arthur Venture is a relatively new venture. Uh, less than a year, how would you measure success at these different checkpoints? So I'll give you these three checkpoints, right? Mm. Year one, year five, and
0: year 10. What would be your metrics of success? I mean, in terms of fund performance, I think we, we you know, the, the success, you know, depending on how big your portfolio, we want to see an increase in valuation of the company on year on year, right? So because it gives some somewhat of, uh, potential in terms of the, 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 the exit. So, so how much has the LP money been growing? That's one. Number two, uh, I think that would be um, the first year. Um, the first year also includes how much money that we disperse. Yeah, it's, a lot of people think that's an easy job, but it's not. You know, because you have to go through a lot of process and all this thing, you know, and then you sign the agreement and then you disperse because the date that you disperse is the date that, you know, mm-hmm. you, you need to, you need to catch up on because you need to, it needs to happen that specific timeline that you wanted. Because beyond then, your IR, you know, will be infected as well. So, if we target within the two years we want to disperse just say 100% or whatever, yeah, we need to catch up on that. So means, in, in, in regards to us, we need to at least see more than 400 companies, at least. 400 right?
1: companies to maybe invest in 20? 20.
0: 20 right yeah. 5%, 5% okay, right? Yeah. yeah 5% around there you probably yeah so we need to at least to see that right I mean to see that meeting them or not that's another question yeah. but actually going through the process with us yeah Interesting. So it's a lot of work so I think the, the first two years that will be the benchmark I think subsequent years is how we value add uh, really helping the uh, value add into the company. How market access, I market access so. fundraising and whatnot so that's that's important part. And how many portfolios that managed to go beyond? How many companies that managed to fundraise? You know, all these are very important. Um, so that will be the mid the mid year. I mean, the last year, I think for us, you know, hopefully by the year five uh, or below year five or year four, we have another fund potentially um, that can help support these entrepreneurs as well. For the same one, probably a different one but the thesis is, is you know, creating a follow-on right. fund for them. Or, or, you know, so that would be another milestone to hit. Right. So VC business model is like that. I mean, you need to have funds to sustain. And number one. Number two, you need to have funds to help your, the co- companies that you, you, you invest yeah. in. Right? The, in the case that they might need additional capital right, going forward. Yes. And at the same time, of course, you, if you're doing so well, why not you invest more? Yeah. Yeah. But of course, hopefully they will <laughs> allow you to take Yeah, exactly. right? But but you have your first dip ready. I mean you already you know you, you know these things, so yeah. your access to the deal will not be an issue. Hence the you know, you know, getting up to speed in terms of that a new fund is it, it, quite important for any VCs like, especially right. you want to follow through all the way. Yeah, yeah. you're averaging up basically. Yeah, averaging up. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, man. Uh thank you so much for coming, but before that, uh if people want to find you to give you some deals or if uh, maybe someone wants to work with
0: or work for Artem, right? Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, my name is uh, Tunku Omar Ashraf. Or you can uh, email at Artem, uh, pitch, P I T C H at Artem.vc. So you can email us there. Um, so yeah, you can connect me to LinkedIn or you can, can uh, email us at uh, pitch at Artem.vc. Yeah.
1: All right. Thank you for coming, Omar. Thank you for having me. And guys, you know, for those listening, you heard the emails. So if you want to be part of the industry or if you, who knows, maybe become an LP or whatever, uh, you know, you know where to go. And guys, uh, if you are on YouTube, uh, we also have Spotify. If you're on Spotify, well, you probably know that we have YouTube as well. So guys, thank you for staying all the way until the end of the podcast. I look forward to, you know, finding more Omas for you guys <laughs> in the near future.